0: Hello and welcome once again to a Frost Media podcast, Media Memoirs, to be exact, episode three. We're back with the third long-awaited episode of Media Memoirs since uh, since February. But you can listen to the last episode, which was recently released on the podcast feed from February. Hey guys, how you doing?
1: Wonder. hello. Yep, yeah, superb. Absolutely superb. superb. Because... Will. What? What? Why? Because.
2: This is becoming a bit of a habit now. (laughs) A bit of a habit? People are going to be starting to
1: expect a certain standard. (laughs)
0: It's a podcast every month.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: we're gonna have, we're gonna have, get complaints if we miss out on the month. Know. You know, it was fine when we used to do a podcast once every say year or so. Nobody <laughs> cared. Now people will start caring. Gosh. There will be. We start uh,
0: getting a following. People are going to rely on us. Oh, oh it's <laughs> be too much the responsibility. The pressure. <laughs>
1: pressure. Well, we may actually, yeah. Well, the three people that listen may actually, you know, one of them may come to you on Twitter and go, Oi i want my podcast next month at the same time that's just us three isn't it yeah that is us three so which 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 one's which one's gonna go to will well it can't be will it's even me or you ben which one are you gonna do yeah i think um yeah i'll go first with the complaint next month saying where's our podcast and ben can do the next one in like september time yeah
0: Oh how are we all doing then
1: very good you know we're still still going aren't we jmo yeah i'm good well i feel like i'm sort of cheating a little bit at the moment because so basically i've gone i went back to i've been back at work now um but what's happened is because i had holiday booked for the end of this month or this week as we are i've still had to take my holiday <laughs> so even though we cancelled our holiday it, it, during the um the peak of the pandemic i've still had to take my holiday week so i've gone back to work i've pretty much been back for about three weeks and a bit maybe a bit more four weeks but i still have to have my holiday so i've got a whole week off now as well i know i feel a little bit i know i have to take it because obviously with everything that's happened this year all the holiday builds up and obviously going back to work and then obviously everyone's going to have loads of holiday building up and obviously as things start to slowly get back to some sort of normality then all of a sudden everyone's going to be taking holiday as things are getting back to normality so people are having to keep their holiday their weeks that they're booked it's happening in loads of companies yeah. not just the i work for mm. but you know it's i'm not complaining i just feel like i'm a little bit like I All feel right, it, Jamie. Just, just stop complaining. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I tell you, Jamie, yeah.
0: you should, you should, you should you'd be feel lucky that you have a job, right? There was a, there was a job uh, posted in, in 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 where where I live, and it was at yeah. a garden centre. Yeah, yeah. It was for a little part time position in a garden centre, right? And the population of my town, I think, is something about like it's like twenty thousand or something like that.
2: I, last time I thought it was fifteen, but yeah, it's, it's something around that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Half of half of the population have applied for one 8, job. Eight
2: thousand people, J-Mo. <laughs> oh
1: my God! Isn't that nuts? That, that is. That is. Well, it's lucky that it's good that the um, is it the garden centre? Yes. Like, it's good that the garden centre has jobs for people to apply for. <laughs> yeah. Oh my word! That's amazing. Jeez. I just couldn't
0: oh believe it. Eight thousand people for a little kind of sales assistant kind of job. That is mad.
1: Oh that dear. is Anyway, but then, can you imagine the the interview process? Can you imagine looking through that amount of CVs as well?
2: I
0: think at that point you just pick one, wouldn't you?
1: <laughs> just, and
2: number just, generator yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah who wins My the god. job god we're already in the hunger games aren't we like <laughs> what then well we got you got to break it down now you don't you have several interview processes now you have the the bit looking through the cv and the phone call then you have the first interview then you have the second interview oh. so imagine if the first interview is like say about half that number so they've got 4,000 in the first <laughs> interview you get to the second interview stage they've halved it again down to 2,000 so this interview process is going to go a long time yeah. isn't it before they get a customer service person oh
0: dear just, <laughs> anyway oh dear well today we're going to talk about our um, movies music and games that we've played in the last period of time since the last episode of... Wow, Plus it sounds Radio. like you've practised that line all day. <laughs> I, usually, I usually write things down, but I was yeah. uh, I was too busy, you know. Uh...
1: <laughs> Is that your robot voice coming on there? <laughs> yes, we are going to be doing a talk on our games, music and films. It's just, it's just, and then you go back to normal again <laughs> no,
0: back to normal again I pre-recorded that, that was just a little pre-recorded
1: uh, <laughs> message <laughs> Yeah. so if you get a phone call Will actually does phone calls as well for people hello, we are your internet provider please call us now
0: <laughs> anyway, who wants to hear a
2: Eurovision song? not me, no <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, ding-dong. Okay.
2: When I feel your gentle touch
0: So, uh, JMO, what have you been playing, watching, and listening to this month?
1: Wow, I am honoured. The first one. So it's, it's whilst so I've been first. So I've actually, actually looked back.
0: I've looked back. I, it, listened, I listened back at our recordings to see who who should go first next. And we're actually quite fair. I'm actually quite fair with who goes first, second, and third usually i think i think it must be back to 2010 isn't it (laughs) it was was two episodes again jmo although technically you weren't first in the last media memoirs but that was a couple of episodes too like in release order so uh first. i know
1: i know (laughs) um i've been um we'll start with the game because obviously there's there's a game that was released a couple of weeks ago, and i 've spent so much time on it we've we've spoken about these games before the the new formula one game um, yeah. so we've spoken I, when we did when we first came back and we did the um like the games of the decade, and we sort of talked about racing games slightly and I said how the games all the formula one games they always seem to get better there's always tweaks that make the actual game themselves better each time um so i'm sort of in the thing where i i don't get a new formula one game every year i was just about to ask you like what what was your i think so i've i i think it's every two or three years i get a new formula one game because most of them the tweaks are to the gameplay There's a couple of menu tweaks, because the career mode, which is the main managerial mode of the game, which is kind of like FIFA's career mode, if you will, that's been in it since, I think, the 2011 version. Um, So, you know, besides maybe driver changes and car livery changes, there's not really been a lot of change in how the career mode is. Obviously, they've just tweaked cars as well they've added more legendary cars so the last one i've been playing was 2018 and that's because it was on the game pass and formula one 2018 is a superb formula one game since then they updated it again in 2019 and they added like they changed the menu system obviously they added a few more modes within the career mode They stretched your driving career out a little bit more. Mm. Again, it didn't do an add anything that made me sit up and say, I'm going to buy it again. So then we come to this year, and obviously the actual main driving features has had a tweak, but the big thing that they've added this year is another mode, which is something that people have been crying out for a while. The mode's called My Team, and basically you become (coughs) a Formula One team owner. So... You get your car, you choose which engine supplier you're going to have out of Renault, Ferrari, Honda and Mercedes. Um, obviously, you choose your livery, you change the colours of the car. There's loads of car liveries to choose from.
0: What colours did you go for, j oh, my, my,
1: my team. <laughs> my racing team is Eagle Racing Team. And they're the same colour as Crystal Palace football team. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. Yeah, perfect. So no, it, it matches and it uh, yeah it works. But you can change all your your racing suits as well to match the colours that you choose. You can change your helmets. But then here's the best thing as well. So it starts up small. Obviously, as a team, you grow. You start as a small team at the back of the grid. Yeah, I was
0: going to say, you, surely you can't just choose whatever parts and stuff you want.
1: Straight ahead. no but but there's a there's a driver market as well so you have to you're still racing so you have your driver career as well but you're the manager of this team you also have a driver market because you've got to have a second driver as in the yeah, same yeah. what you do formula one. so basically what they've done is because the formula one games are so big now they <laughs> do include the formula two drivers so then and obviously formula two comes as a separate mode within like just the basic grand prix stuff you can you can actually hire form real formula two drivers and progress them through their careers that's cool if you want as the game as your my team mode goes on you can delegate points there's lots of managerial points per race per season per money that you earn for where you finish in races and what have you um and basically, you can choose your drivers as you go through the career. So you can, your second driver is really important, so you can earn more points within the championship. Just like in mm-hmm. proper One, you've got to have a good team, and obviously, you've got all your, you've got your power core team, you've got your durability team, you've got your chassis team, you've got your aerodynamics team, you've got your sponsorship team. So all these separate teams as well, you have to improve as you go on. And you've got like um, little activities for them to do between race um, weekends and you choose the little activities for them to do so they can build up the team and the confidence and just little tweaks to what they do. I'm not really explaining it as well as I should, but it's when you, I don't know if you guys have seen the um, videos for the my team mode on YouTube. Um, it's been a while they, since I've been
0: interested in an F one game, but I definitely did hear about this, and it did. Uh, this,
2: this
1: feels like something that should have happened a long yeah. time ago. I think they were waiting to, because the main thing with the Formula One games, they've they've added like the legendary vehicles, so and the Formula Two, so the legendary vehicles obviously came as the first edition to the f1 games and then the formula 2 came on board as see if you play the normal career mode you do a few races in formula 2 before you progress to formula 1 to get your drive in formula 1 and then now obviously because they've got all that as part of the game engine now they focused on this my team mode mm. and the interesting stuff is That you still have in the career mode, you still have your R&D stuff where you have to um, obviously do your practice sessions to build up points so you can then invest the points into either your chassis, your aerodynamics, your power core, the durability of the vehicle. Because each one of them, you can set your car out so you still have the interviews as well that they do, which are probably my main bugbear of the, the actual serious games because I don't think the interview side of these games works very well but then you have a secondary interview thing where you get interviewed by a magazine and what the magazine interviews about it's almost like how you want to set your car up so they mm. ask questions and you get a choice of the answer being about the chassis which means then your car's going to be more more you're going to have performance on the chassis size which means your tires don't wear out as much Hmm. Or you can then have the answer where you go for the aerodynamics, which means your car's quicker into corners, but it may not have the same speed on a straight. Or you can choose to obviously answer it saying it's the power whereby, obviously, your car's, the mo- your car's a bit more powerful. Um, as you go through the season, though, you can add points to these areas so you can build up your car. Obviously, the first season, your car's not going to be brilliant until maybe midway through the season um it depends you can get points here and there you know you're but you're bumping your way through the grid um you have you still have all the practice sessions you've still got the qualifying but because it's a my team mode whereas before you would you get to a grand prix weekend and you have got your three practice sessions before the qualifying and then the race the practice sessions you can earn points by doing like little tire experiments or fuel experiments around the track to earn points to put into your um where you want the progression of your vehicle to be in. When you're doing career mode, you don't really focus on that. During the My Team mode, I found that I'm starting to focus on that because if I'm putting in the practice laps and doing the little practice games, then I'm improving my vehicle because I'm using the points to go into whether it's the chassis or the, um, the aerodynamics. Um, it's a really, really good, like it's really added so much more to this game and this is a really good series of games anyway and sims and so they've really added it so you really feel like you actually care about what you're doing in a race yeah. as well
2: I, uh, I i reckon nine nine out of ten people who are playing this are playing that mode mm, definitely. like it just it just that's that's like the huge selling point of that game now because I'm not, you know, I haven't bought an F1 game probably since 2013. I think F1 2013 was the last one. Yeah, I, bought. I think F1
0: 2011. I think was
2: probably the last one. Yeah. <laughs> but I've been more tempted by this one just because of that. Because there is something about just having your own team or having your own thing, isn't there, in mm. the game? There's yeah. There's something about creating something like that and and you being in charge of everything. And and I like the touch that you can, you know, it's not just like random people that it generates to be your second driver. You know, it's actual F2 drivers and it it does sound very cool
1: yeah they have there's other little things they've added to it as well so before the season starts you can choose to do a 10 race season a 16 race season or a 22 race season Mm. now this is the really cool bit if you do a 10 race or a 16 race season you can choose your circuits for that
2: season that's cool
1: and then so basically the season you you basically create your own Pick your um, tracks yeah and then <laughs> yeah. you can take them out if you don't like them for yeah. instance like my first season i raced around because the new well a lot of tracks that aren't raced on because of um the covid pandemic but they've added the new track in vietnam which is hanoi street circuit and also they've added the um dutch grand prix which was due to be this year but it's now not which is in Zandvoort. Mm. um which is an old classic circuit from back in the 60s and 70s with banked corners, which they they were bringing back for this season. Um, As I say, it adds so much t- because before each season, you're then chopping out the tracks that you want in the season and then you're putting new ones in. Mm. And it just makes the flow of it so much more exciting. Um, They've, they've also added... Because, obviously, they have the Formula 2 Grand Prix um, season, they've also added a couple of smaller circuits. From So they've got the small version of Bahrain in there. You've got yeah. the small Silverstone circuit. These are as well as the main circuits. And they've got Japan mini circuit and Dubai mini circuit. So you've actually got another four tracks in the game, as well as the 22 standards. So you've actually got 26 tracks. So you, every season you can just play around with the circuits that you want in there as well.
0: No, mm. I think that's something needed as well. Because, man, I mean, back when, you you know, you had to play the whole season in the old games and there would be tracks that you didn't like so much. So I think it's good that you can kind of pick and choose.
1: Mm-hmm. You can simulate the races as well. So if you don't want to race a certain thing, you can simulate. You you still have the stuff where you can simulate the qualifying modes or the race modes if you don't want to race. Um but then going into the actual races Themselves I found obviously you can change this. Formula 1 has always been really Good with the settings so you've always been able To change the game to however simmy Or you want it Basically because there's so many driver Aids that you can put on or not And even with the um, Opponent cards AI You could just change the AI To how you want it to be So at the moment I think my car so it stops off at 25 which is quite an easy opponent ai but they're still tough to beat on the circuit they do race you know within their lines but they change their lanes as well and then so i've got the the difficulty on to 60 percent so i get a real challenge out of the ai drivers in terms of their qualifying times as well but if you're in a lesser car as i found in a race it's very easy to move up the pack at the beginning of the race. But if you're if for instance you've got a car where the power is not there on say somewhere like Bahrain on the long straights, the the cars with the faster engines will catch you in the DRS mode areas. You you know you can drive round the corners as well as and put a few seconds in between, but when it comes to those straights they will catch up with you. Likewise if you've got a car that's designed for power you can catch up with the cars but if it's not designed for corners then you're you're gonna you're not gonna be able to get around the corners as quickly the race engine has been tweaked so it's so good and there's a there's a real nice buzz when you're doing a grand prix and you're racing in sixth position and you're trying to get that fifth place and you say like you've been following a a driver for four laps and you're trying to get into his DRS zone and you get in the DRS zone, you get a chance to overtake and you cock it up because you <laughs> may nip the tyre. Then you've only got like, say, three laps left of the race. You're then trying so hard to catch up with that driver to get in the DRS zone again, where you may not get that chance again to overtake. And it's such a good race engine. Yeah. Um it's it's so good but obviously because you've got the my team stuff you care more about the races so finishing sixth in a car that should be like 11th or 12th down the grid you feel really like like you've achieved something within the game
0: Mm. it's
1: really really cool and obviously there are other stuff with the you know they've changed the um menu systems so it looks a bit like fifa's dashboard with the with the tiles um there's you know there is a tier system as well so they have added a it's almost like a battle pass thing whereas you build up XP so you can unlock say new driver liver card is a new driver suits as you play through the game there's a massive online section within the game so they've got a separate Formula One eSports yeah. menu now which is all. You know, so there's so much to it. I mean, I left that alone. There's one um, <laughs> pre-seasons where you can do a whole um, legendary vehicle season, so you can actually race the legendary Formula One cars which they've got in the game. You can actually race in a legendary season, which does about 12 tracks, and you can choose your own tracks for it if you want as well. Um, obviously, the Formula
2: One.
1: So it's a massive, massive game. <laughs> It really is. I think um, it's a big example of how sports games should be done. I mean, obviously, the problem it's got is it's it's still quite a niche within its field. Mm -hmm. Because, obviously, it doesn't sell as much as FIFA or Madden. But it's still the fact that every single season since Codemasters took the license they've been able to pull out a game which means obviously they're doing something right um and obviously the way it feels it's a it's a marvelous game really is i think obviously going into next gen though i think the next gen is going to be really interesting because the last time the gen swapped over the following season's formula one game they took all the all the career modes out just oh, to yeah. perform.
0: I think that's 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 what happens with most. Like I remember in NHL when they went to next gen, they took all the like player life and stuff out. Like I think that kind of happens, doesn't it, when they when they when they kind of yeah. move to next gen? Any kind of sports games or annual release game kind of gets stripped back to its bones. So yeah, and you sort of start.
1: Just speaking about annual release sports games, did you guys hear what um, Konami are doing with Pez this okay. year? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's I'm just, just a that DLC. <laughs> yeah, and that's that,
2: that. That
1: is the the most anti anti consumer thing I've ever heard. Yeah, but then, <laughs> but the thing is. Why should you have to buy the same exactly. game every year? You know, it's a the line same with FIFA,
2: FIFA isn't it? You yeah, know.
1: I guess. so you have to but it's
2: the Ultimate Team stuff, isn't it? It's these yeah. cards, and yeah, that's where they get well, most of their money. And
1: I know, but I think what Pez, I think I like the idea of it—you having the base game and then it updates every year with the new kits. Because okay. if they if they're not going to put anything new in the actual game mode, oh. Oh, then but
0: it's like twenty-five quid, isn't it? Like. God, like twenty five quid for a roster
1: update.
2: Yeah, but that's better than 60, 60 quid for 60 a quid new and release of exactly oh, the coins. So.
0: Yeah, and, and just some coins like,
1: for ultimate team.
0: Oh, it, it, it just seems a bit much to me. Like fifteen quid I'd understand, but twenty five yeah, pounds. Yeah. I think You 15...
1: have to
2: you have to remember that they are sacrificing releasing another sixty dollar game, so uh, they're yeah. gonna have to they can't probably afford to go fifteen. Yeah,
1: just oh I dunno, guys. Is it? I think there's a. I think what they've done is they've done something which is quite unique because where you know Pez comes out a couple of weeks before FIFA does come out every year. It doesn't sell anywhere near as well. But I play a lot of Pez. I don't play much FIFA anymore because the actual game FIFA. engine of Pez is yeah. FIFA sucks, yeah. but um, <laughs> the game engine of Pez is such a more flowing game of football mm, yeah. and it's it's a better you know obviously you still do not have the teams or the you have to you know they've got players but you still have to change some of the kits over but when you're actually playing the game it's much more fun to play than fifa did you uh, um
0: did you guys see the new uh cover for fifa <laughs>
1: Oh my God! Looks like a bullet <laughs> point presentation. It's like someone made it in bloody paint. <laughs> Graphic on design
0: is my it, passion.
1: <laughs> like, oh my God! It, it looks. It looks like someone's an executive. It looks like an executive football game. It, <laughs> it looks terrible. It looks like what like some some of these crappy fan-made posters. Yeah, it does. Oh yeah. dear. Oh it, dear. This is your boardroom speaking and you. this is your boardroom <laughs> FIFA game. By FIFA. It, I FIFA. know. Just just before I'm, we finish this, just to go back to Formula 1 just quickly, some two things I need to add. They've added a casual mode in the game as well. So if you don't want to play all the simmy stuff, you get a choice to play it casually, which means that it's a much good. more fun yeah. to drive. And they've got a co-op split streams So you can have friends around Play it casually against each other Two player in On couch co-op um, They've deliberately done that And it's the first Formula 1 game That's had that in for pff, I can't remember the last time You could couch co-op a, um Or just race each other From the couch rather than online On a um, Formula 1 game nice. So nice. Yeah. It it's really good. Um, so, moving on, I was gonna talk about, I was gonna talk about it, chapter two, um, but the film's so average, I just can't be bothered going through it again. <laughs> it's not a bad film; it's just so average. I was so. Oh, anyway, we move on because. I loved the first it, and chapter two just didn't do it. So, just I'm going to replace it with another game, just for this. Um, He's so breaking the
0: rules, folks. I <laughs>
1: know, Just for quick five minutes, um, you know, we talk about we've talked about Game Pass a few times and saying about how. Some games just work so much better when they're on Game Pass. Like, in a couple of months' time, when Destiny 2 goes back onto it, you see the upsurge in numbers for that. Mm-hmm. So, I've gone back to the Wastelands. I've gone back to the Apocalypse. I've I've gone back to Fallout 76. Um, oh, because God, 76?
0: I thought he's going to start 76? talking about Fallout
1: 4 or something. It's just... uh, uh, i've gone back to fallout 76 i said it so was hold, already, on, hold on hold on slow down you've
2: gone back i've gone back so you've already so played you've, it you've already been there
1: <laughs> i've been there yeah i've been and there
2: why did you stop
1: playing because it's yeah it, yeah but it got a little bit boring yeah it's yeah it got a little bit boring so obviously it's come back onto game pass And I remember when we, I think we talked about, we talked about Fallout 76 as well, up against the Outer Worlds. And the difference is, I mean, obviously, going back to it, it's on Game Pass. The fact that it's on Game Pass, I think is a, um, for them and for this game, is a genius thing because... (sighs) I, when it first came out, yes, I paid about £50 pounds for it oh, and I man. felt like I'd thrown my money away. <laughs> um, but I've gone back to it. They've added a few things. They've added NPC characters in the world so the world isn't full of robots. um Obviously, what you're getting loot wise and junk wise has increased. So it means that you can build a better camp. And there's more things to actually put in your camp now as well. Um, the flow of missions coming through it's um there's a lot more stuff to do in it the world is still quite empty um Mm. but it's not i wouldn't say it's as bad as when it first came out i'm certainly not finding it as boring as then but i don't know if that's because there were so many things around at the same time that i thought this is a waste of time but now i've gone back into it there's a few more stories in there um and just wandering around the wasteland And actually just being a bit of a loner in the wasteland and discovering stories myself, I've actually started to really enjoy the flow of the game. And obviously they've added more creatures in there, so you're not just getting mole rats and rad roaches (laughs) and the zombie zombiefied things, Feral ghouls, you know, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot more stuff in there now, like rad toads, and you know, there's still a lot of super mutants which were in there before. Um, but I think the variety of creatures they've and you just feel like the world is slightly more lived in after the apocalypse than it was before. Um, it's not, it's not mind breaking. It's or mind blowing. It's not. This, in the same league as fallout 3 but it does add something different and i think the fact that get, it's on game pass it does make me think i'm happy that i i pay for game pass every month because yeah. mm. i think it's one of those one of those games where if it wasn't on game pass I, there's no way i would pay like 15 pounds a month just to play fallout for <laughs> seven <laughs> Bethesda's online, is it Bethesda online service? There's like a service where you pay oh, £15. Pa- yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. So it's, it's the
0: Fallout one, isn't it? It is the Fallout one, isn't it? Like, oh, hold uh, on what,
2: yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, what is it called? Something ridiculous. Uh,
0: subscription. Uh, it, Here we go. It's uh, it, yeah. Fallout First.
1: Fallout First. <laughs> Fallout First. So then you could just play Fallout 76 and pay £15 it's a month. It's 12 a month. <laughs> that's, that's just that's mad. mad. I've, I've got Game Pass Ultimate and I think I pay £12 a month. Gosh, You could get <laughs> yeah,
0: <so. laughs> EA Access yeah. and Game Pass for that price. <laughs> oh
2: dear. Yeah. I remember when I first first I, I, I played it when it went free for a weekend oh yeah mm. I thought you know what I'm gonna go in I'm just gonna yeah. see what it's like and I, I completely understand what you're saying about the, the world just feeling dead and just completely lifeless and that's half the reason why the fallout games are so interesting is because there's always so many amazing stories going on yeah. you know you might just be walking down the road and I remember one of the the random events in Fallout 3 was there were these herd of there was like a herd of there's a random event of a herd of uh, those two-headed cows.
1: Oh uh, yeah, the, um yeah! I had to hunt some of them earlier. Yeah. Oh, there, there's like a stags. herd of them
2: that, that that were like
1: something stags, aren't they? Or Brahman, oh, was... Bra- Brahman. Stags, yeah. They've got two heads and yeah, I know. Well, the two called.
2: the two-headed cows from yeah. from that, and it's like a herd of like killer cows that you would come across, and like they yeah. would literally fuck you up so bad, <laughs> uh, and 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 even things like uh the super duper mart in fallout 3 yeah there was a chance that you could have a deathclaw like spawn there and yeah. it was like one of the first places that you go in the game and it's just like if that happens to you it's just mad but it's game over yeah, but yeah, that's, yeah that's 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 what makes those games fun yeah. because you have these little yeah. stories happen and and a lot of the time these interesting things happen when you have npcs and obviously that was just you just couldn't have it um oh in 76 of the um, way it was, but... And it felt... I don't know, it feels to me, even though whatever state the game is in now, it does feel like a really wasted setting.
1: It's a wasted opportunity. A waste, these, it's, it's like put, the, a, the, actual,
2: it. the, actual, the actual... The actual setting of West Virginia. Yeah. I feel like... And, and, and the way that the game looks, and the the creatures that they have available, I feel like it's such a waste that... that a really cool setting like that is has been wasted on this. Think, they could have spent that time game.
0: developing an actual Fallout game.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: this wasted time.
2: Well, no, oh, they, could have sh- have just, they could have just not bothered and released Elder Scrolls 6 a bit earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but God knows how that game's going to come out now. Oh my God. I don't God. have any well, faith at all that that's going to be we good We all know that the best well, Bethesda game is Star Trek Legacy, and since that
0: came out, they've really not made a good game, have they? So, I mean, there's just no need to <laughs> talk about
1: oh god (laughs) rose tinted glasses eh yeah Yeah. (laughs) oh but then like say i think the the hard thing is that you know if you take fallout's base game you can see well it's like um elder scrolls online isn't it you can see how they've come up with that both of those games could benefit Mm from being online but i think the problem is a lot of people that played those games initially liked being closed off and in the stories by themselves so they could then tell people about their stories and share them with each other and i think that's like i mean obviously with fallout 76 there you do see other players about um for instance i was in this big um this big sort of um, area where the, there's loads of acid down in the north of the map. And like you walk, across, it's just like these dead planes almost with acid on the floor and stuff like that. And I'm walking through and I can hear gunshots. And then there's this guy running past me with a, a bazooka trying oh. to shoot one of the um, one of the um, massive like helicopters that are going across. And he was just chasing it, of course. And then he's got all these feral ghouls behind him as well. And I'm looking, thinking, right, he's and it tells you the level. I think he was like a level a hundred and two or something. So he's obviously been playing it for a long time to get to that. Because I'm only level fifteen. Um and I was just looking and watching it and thinking, God, he's really wants to take that helicopter down. Yeah. And he's determined. tried so hard. He, yeah, he's determined. But then That's cool. You know, there are people that have still been playing it since it came out and there there will be that's the hard, hard hardcore. I mean
2: always get that with games like this, especially games that people liked. Yeah. When it came out and then they got so much hate and people just were like, no, no, it's not crap. <laughs> Battleborn is the game. Battleborn. <laughs> Battle <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Jesus but, you know,
2: if you're enjoying it, then yes. yeah. I'm not going to stop you.
1: I think it's it's fine for what it is. You know, I sort of because I play a lot of State of Decay or did play a lot of State of Decay 2. And I think there's parallels between both those games. I think State of Decay 2 does, well, obviously we've got a new State of Decay coming for the new consoles now, haven't we? But State of Decay and it does have those looting and post-apocalyptic world exploration vibes to it as well. Mm. And I quite like that when you could just sit there, everyone's asleep, you're in, in the living room or I'm in the living room in front of the TV just exploring. I have been on Fallout 76 with a friend as well. And that was that was quite good fun. We did a few bits and bobs. Um, but, yeah, Rad Scorpions are still a pain in the ass as well. I hate Rad Scorpions. Yeah, yeah they are. You, you're stumbling a bit like your Deathclaw story, yeah? Walking <laughs> through And then all of a sudden a level 25 or 26 Rad Scorpion King comes at you. And no matter how fast you try to run, it's still coming for you. Um, yeah, I've had some fun with the Rad Scorpions. Um, so yeah, that's that was replaced for what was going to be <laughs> it, chapter two. But as I say, <laughs> very average. Um, just last up, a, an album, and I won't dwell too long on it because obviously I've gone on quite a bit. It's Taylor Swift, um, it, so it's Taylor Swift's album. I knew it, knew it. <laughs> you, you know what? You could, if only it was. If only I'd have known Taylor Swift would come out with an amazing album This week. You know, I, I, I would have just. I would have, I would have given it to you. I would have said, "We'll talk about my play no, it's it's not surprisingly, you know. So, um, you know, back in the nineties, the nineties was a really, really good time for guitar bands, guitar music, especially British bands. You know, we we had some of the best British bands, best bands around, and it was almost like a rebirth. But there was one band that made it massive in America. But over here, we didn't care much for them. And obviously in Europe as well. They were big in Europe, really big in Europe. Um, But they didn't they didn't do well over here because the type of music they were playing. So the band I'm talking about is Bush. Um, Have you guys heard of Bush? No. No. Uh, Well, what if I said the lead singer used to be married to Gwen Stefani? Ah, oh. and if I said the lead singer strangely turned up on the UK The Voice a couple of years ago as a judge, Adam Levine,
0: I knew it. Ah,
2: oh.
1: <laughs> yeah. So basically, <laughs> you proud of yourself? I right am. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I love that yeah. one. <laughs> That's uh, a funny joke. Yeah. So basically, yeah, the lead singer is Gavin Worsedale, I mean, he's the the sad. Thing is that he's actually bigger than the actual band are in this country and people know him as Gwen Stefani's ex or (laughs) the guy that was on the voice that nobody knew who he was, which is quite sad because they've sold in America. Well, no, they've sold about 40 million albums worldwide, which is huge, especially for a British band. You know, that puts them onto a level, you know, up there with Wonder the it. likes of Oasis and Muse and Biffy and such like that. So anyway, they've got a new album out. It came out the other week called Kingdom. So just to put into light, I they they can make some absolute derivative as well. So I wouldn't say their albums have been classic. Their first album's damn good called 16 stone their third album science of things is really good but then since then their albums and their singles can be a little bit up and down they i mean he has a habit of putting out some absolute drivel but um this album called the kingdom is absolutely superb i mean if we talk about when bands come back and they almost revitalize, re-energize themselves mm. as a band. They, it's a big, big stadium rock stroke heavy rock album. Uh, it almost sounds a little bit like Act On Baby with heavier guitars. Um, I say almost because although having said that, Gavin Rosdale, Bono, they're both really annoying. So I suppose you, <laughs> you could share that. But the album is absolutely superb. His voice on it is is stunning you know he's got a gravelly voice he's probably in the same sort of vocal trends as Eddie Vedder, Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam or um obviously Chris Cornell who was you know rest in peace because obviously passed away a few years back but then you know he's he's got that same sort of voice that's quite a levelly gravelly voice Mm. obviously when they came out they were very grungy which is why they worked really well in america but obviously over here we didn't take to them (laughs) well Um, so the new album it's got some really really good high tempo hard rock tracks tracks such as um bullet holes which was on the um john wick three soundtrack actually but nobody Mm. knew it was that did it um, it's like this brooding bass line to start off And then it breaks out into like a um, it doesn't, It's not a conventional guitar riff But then obviously the way he's talking over it it's, It just sounds very modern and fresh um, There's a the lead singer called Flowers on a Grave Which is really, really good, very anthemic um, Could say it's in the same mould as Creeper um, but obviously, with a much more high-octane sound to it, um, there's another good, good heavy track called "Blood," which initially, when I heard it, sounded I was I didn't think it was Bush at all. It sounded so heavy in the when it breaks out. It's it sounds like he's really giving the band a lot more edge. And, and there's there's loads of riffs on this album, and a lot of heavy riffs. There's not many guitar solos. It's all a riff-based album, um, but really good. It and it flows. So uh, the problem I had with a lot of uh, pre- their previous albums is you'll get a couple of tracks which are a little bit uh, a duds, but then the album after that it it doesn't flow. You know they will have some really decent singles on some of their previous albums, but the the albums themselves they're not um they don't flow. They're not consistent. Whereas this album is really consistent and I think the level of the songs on there and the actual songmanship is so much better than Bush have been for a long time. There's a really good um, slow paced track that comes in around track eight called um, Undone, which is just brilliant. It just starts slow, builds up. And then obviously you get the big anthemic stadium what chorus and um yeah really really like it and at the end you've got a track called falling away which is just a big stadium closer um probably more in line with someone like the foo fighters but it's just really good and it's really good to see him to see them come back with a decent album because i think it's i think that a lot of the bands from the 90s they have there's band members and obviously some of them go solo that i've come back with decent albums so it's always good when someone else from that area especially a british band comes back and makes a decent album and actually it makes you sit up and take notice again because obviously I, in the beginning, I did say Gavin Rodsdale, he does, you know he He's bigger than the band sometimes But you forget that actually He's a very accomplished guitar player An accomplished musician Highly, you know, got a great voice as well Even if he does come across as a A little bit of a twat sometimes mm. But I suppose you kind of need that To be a front man in a band You know, you've got to get the band noticed And if you're the front man That people know then they're going to come to the band through you. Um, so, yeah, that's um, a superb album. It's, it's by Bush and it's called The Kingdom. So what's your song uh, for the month, JMO? mo Oh, well, so I've just spoken about the album by Bush called The Kingdom. The actual track from the album, I want to choose, is Bullet Holes. As I say, it's on the um, John Wick 3 soundtrack. It's a really, really, really good song that, just says everything about how good this album is so yeah bullet holes by bush
0: Okay, I'm going to go next, because I cannot stop. I, I, like, I've been wanting to talk about this. I've been wanting to talk about this for over oh, a month.
2: God. Okay, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go for a wee, <laughs> like a really extended wee.
0: It's, right, so um, it's a movie. Ooh. Okay, it's a movie. And obviously, everyone in Europe was disappointed this year when Eurovision was cancelled due to the COVID pandemic.
2: Oh, no. See, I wouldn't know that because I've just muted it on Twitter. I've literally never seen... I've never seen Eurovision mentioned on Twitter for, like, years. It must be a... It's wonderful.
1: It's
2: glorious.
0: Oh, I'll get around it one day, mate. I'll get around it. I'll just go and put Eurovision in (laughs) a tweet or something and I'll just... I'll get around it. The problem is I always have to put the hashtag in there. But Anyway, Netflix have saved us this year because I think it was last month, June... They released Eurovision, the story of Fire Saga, which is a comedy film um, from Will Ferrell. Now, I, I I went into this a bit sceptical, because I was like, oh, God, it's Will Ferrell. It's going to just be a big old piss take. Yeah. And while it is that, it is that, it is also a very loving kind of look at Netflix. Uh, sorry, at Netflix... At Netflix? <laughs> at Eurovision, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> from an American uh. perspective. <laughs> just staring into Netflix's eyes, like...
2: Hmm. That's the whole <laughs> film, it's just... So basically, uh.
0: the, 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 the film kind of um, plot is that uh, Will Ferrell and um, Rachel McAdams are a band from Iceland called uh, Fire Saga. And the entire town, as, as in most places in Europe... Doesn't care for Eurovision too much.
2: Now, is this based on a true no, story or no, is it all... It's It's
0: full. It's full comedy, but there are kind of truthful elements to it, as I will explain shortly. Um, so they're this kind of cringy, kind of terrible band, um, and they 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 audition for the Icelandic kind of grand final, and uh, you know it kind of goes a bit wrong. Um, but uh, plot points happen that then mean they are the they are the Icelandic representatives basically for the for the contest. Uh, cause I can hear that you guys are riveted right now. Okay, you guys are riveted.
1: <laughs> well, you know what? I do like a bit of cheese. It's
0: so. very cheesy, but again, it is also quite a loving look at the contest. And anyway, so they're 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 the contestants for um Iceland, and the contest is held. I was very excited about this. In Edinburgh, in the uh, in the in the oh, version of the film, so
2: there's exciting. there's lots
0: of great shots of Edinburgh and like um you know the Eurovision uh, stadium that they've chosen f- for Edinburgh, it's great. But the, the most exciting thing, well one of the most ex- there's lots of, there's many exciting things to me about <laughs> this movie. <laughs> but they actually used the Eurovision stage from last year to film on. So all of the inside bits where they're on the stage at the contest were filmed last year during the actual contest, so it's the real Eurovision stage.
1: Does it still have Madonna falling off the stage as she walks up to perform? <laughs> Unfortunately
0: not. God, that was weird. It oh. such a weird interval
1: act. Oh no, actually, ago. it was her voice that was It was bad. her voice, Sorry, she did off the at the she, Brit it Awards. The, it, was the it was the Brit Awards, awards. yeah. yeah. The Eurovision performance oh, well, was also terrible. Yeah. Like,
0: oh, <laughs> dear me. And it's a shame, because I feel like if we had had Eurovision this year, there probably would have been a bit in the middle for the Eurovision songs from the movie and these songs guys are insane they they're all kind of like parody songs so the Russia there's like a, a Russian song that is a parody the Icelandic songs a parody and there's a few kind of like there's a parody of rap in there like rap that happens in Eurovision some great kind of parody songs but they're actually good they're really catchy and like you can you can see them kind of actually being Eurovision songs you know
1: god yeah um, so does it- does the film have like when it comes to the actual Eurovision bit? Does it have people doing like spinning round on a wheel there or is something indeed a whilst they're wheel. singing? Yes, there
0: is a hamster there wheel. There is a hamster yes, wheel. Yes, Brilliant. Brilliant. There's, like if you're yeah. a Eurovision fan, this film has been crafted for you. If you've watched Eurovision and remember the cringe, kind of over the top moments, this is a film that you should watch because you will get the references. There are some great references to like past iconic. Eurovision performances uh, the best part and I got quite emotional at this part was kind of like my almost like my Avengers scene right so there's a bit kind of in the middle of the movie where they have like a song along so all the Eurovision contestants all get together and they're all kind of singing in one place and they actually have like real contestants from past Eurovision songs that come in and and do little bits like
1: oh it's so great do they have that weird one with the beard
0: yes he's in it yep yeah. it's <laughs> yeah <laughs> all the kind of like uh, iconic eurovision contestants and winners yeah. they're in there that that little scene there and it's just like obviously it, it is a comedy and there are some really funny kind of moments in it that you would appreciate if you're not a eurovision fan anyway because it's a will ferrell movie very similar to kind of like i guess um what's that talladega nights is that how is that how it said like, oh yeah the the
1: legend of Keep yeah, bobby it's similar to those yes, kind of movies that will like those kind, yeah. of, um, kind of parody movies of, of sports and things. Yeah. yeah. So it is, oh, it is a funny made, movie. Yeah. He made an ice skating one as well, didn't he? Yeah, Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. He's done quite a few like that. Yeah. He, he likes his... um, oh, What's the word? He likes his niche um moment movies, mm. I suppose Ryan you
0: could Norton's say. Graham Norton's in it as well. Like, it's a real... Oh, it really <laughs> is. Like, oh. Some great jokes about how the UK is hated in Eurovision around the world. Like, oh, it is such a fantastic movie. Like, it's probably the best movie of the year, guys. Nothing's going to be. Do it. we
1: still get Nil Puan? Well, I guess nothing else has been released. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, Will, do we still get Nil Um
0: <laughs> So, the voting in it is not quite true to life. And it is, there, there are a few mistakes in it that they probably didn't intend. But because of the way things pan out, you know, like the proper, proper voting doesn't really kind of get shown. But they do show kind of like a facsimile of it. And I think the UK does get
2: zero points in it as well. So.
1: Yay! <laughs>
2: at least it's factual. That's the factual yeah. side of it, isn't it? Yeah, you No, know, it, it, It's
0: really funny. A very funny movie and a good kind of heartfelt look at Eurovision as well. So uh, I've really enjoyed it. It is so good. It just is so good. Urgh! And it's on Netflix, so you should definitely watch it. Like, it was number one on Netflix worldwide for, for a good while. I mean, we've had our quarantine kind of, like, uh, moments for, like, The Tiger King and Unsolved Mysteries.
1: Well, it's now Eurovision's time. <laughs> I swear, Netflix has had so many hits. They're bopping them out, aren't I they? Don't... Yeah, they are. But also, there was a there was a thing a stat come up with the amount of people that have watched netflix over the past couple of months it was the number of people watching netflix was ridiculous yeah and you know you think of all the other streaming services but obviously netflix the amount of content that of their own content Mm. and stuff that they are putting out it's it's got to be more than anyone else especially now with because they 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 actually put themselves in a lot of debt
2: take a big gamble with making all of these netflix originals mm-hmm. and i think we're now seeing i don't i actually don't know whether they've come out of that debt yet but i think they probably i think their gamble paid off because if you because they didn't they say something like they wanted to have enough netflix originals that if you wanted to watch everything in your lifetime you wouldn't be able to or something <laughs> they want that many and it's it was a very very ambitious ambitious uh, project that they did a big gamble but I think they knew that they could get away with it mm. but,
1: yeah I, it's I mean we Netflix it's funny though because I've I thought after all the um, Marvel stuff was stopped especially after um, the Punisher finished on there mm. and which the Punisher was been was amazing I thought Netflix would dry up for me I didn't see myself going back to it and um yeah it's, um, I'll be honest, yeah, lot. I don't
2: I don't think I, I just cannot see myself going to any of the others for anything really. Like I've I've had Amazon Prime video oh, every so now bad. and then when I've when I've, you know, wanted to get something on Prime on Amazon and I've just never used it. Yeah. And I can't remember the, I think the last time I got now T V was when Game of Thrones season eight was on <laughs> and uh, Chernobyl was on. So I watched those two <laughs> and then I stopped that I just don't see myself wanting to go to any of these places I mean that I mean when this Lord of the Rings uh, show comes on Amazon Prime yeah. obviously that will be a, a gimme I'll, I'll definitely go and watch that but that that, that seems to be the thing with the, these other services is that I'll go to them for one or two things and then I'll leave whereas with Netflix yeah. I've been on Netflix and I've had it for, I don't, for years now I, I, I there's just so much on there mm. that you can just watch anytime you want Disney
1: yeah, especially when you consider Disney Plus happened this year as well. Disney Plus
2: now, yeah.
1: And but the content they don't add as much content, and you know, because there's only so much they can add anyway. There's only so many Disney
2: movies, yeah.
1: They've got they've got it all on there already. (laughs) So until they start making series like Netflix and putting their own films on there, obviously like the Eurovision film. I guess
2: the biggest things for them recently was Frozen Two, coming out. Yeah on there yeah. and hampton
1: yeah coming out yeah. as
2: well so but even then yeah like it's if i fancy watching a disney movie i mean i've probably got it on blu-ray
0: yeah
2: you know oh. <laughs> already but yeah
0: okay That's... oh sorry Mo.
2: No,
1: no, okay. it's fine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, it's fine. We move on because I'm just gonna uh, carry on talking. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> All Let's move Right on. then. So I'm going to talk about a video game now. I haven't really played that many video games. I've really just been playing Football Manager 2020. But uh, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about a video game that I played on my YouTube channel that you can down, that you can subscribe to on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: Oh. Oh. Plug. Oh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <almost>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, I going to talk about Carrion, because it's a really interesting game. Now, I um, obviously the Game Pass is a fantastic thing, and I was on the Game Pass, and it came up, and I would seen it on the front page of Steam that day as well, and I literally know nothing about this game when I'm downloading it in the store yet. and installing it, and I play it with just fresh eyes, which is rare for me, because I usually like to know what I'm doing, but when well, you're not paying for it, you don't really care, do you? You know, it's kind of got rid of like area are of risk. Paying I mean, you pay for it with, with time. <laughs> but yeah. uh, anyway, no. the gist of it is it's kind of like a reverse horror game. So you are the monster. And it's kind of pixel graphics, which, again, is strange for me to enjoy I a game like this. That you played this. <laughs> because, I'm it's, because it's pixel graphics, which I hate, with a, with a burning passion. However, this game is just fun. It's just fun, so it's like two D kind of level design, I would say. Like, uh, and and it's just you're the monster, and you're just killing humans. And I mean, how was I supposed to know all these years to get me into two D games? All that they needed to do was make a game where I just kill all the all the humans. Oh, it's on the Nintendo Switch as well. Yeah, it's a big. Apparently, it's a really like long-awaited, really big release.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, you're the. Uh, you're the monster. Who's got their phone now, guys? who Oh, that's out? a phone, isn't
1: it? <laughs> I can, Sorry, uh, I was just know. looking it up. Sorry, <laughs> I, right I, I confess it was me.
0: Yeah. Oh dear. But yeah, you're the monster, and I guess the, 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 the I don't really know, even know what the aim of the game is. There's not, no, there's not really much story. No, it does not seem like, like there comp-
2: much of a story other than you're you're you they're they're like experimenting on you in a laboratory, mm. and you break out. Yeah. It's weird, isn't You've it? just
0: got to spread your biomass to open the doors, <laughs> essentially. Spread the mass and consume humans. But it's just fun. It's just a fun little game. And I don't, I don't think it's that long. I played it for about, I don't know, half an hour or so. Um, and uh, it's just fun. It's just a fun little pick up and play kind of game. Don't play it around your kids, because it is quite no. gory. <laughs> There's a lots of blood and it's a lot of screaming. It's got a screaming, um, you know, like <laughs> that's that's Spines. well normally on
1: a Friday night though, isn't it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's just fun. It's just a fun little game. Like really fun. <laughs> I can believe it. It's just like one of those it's
2: it's just like if you if you don't want to think. Yeah. A bit of mindless entertainment, mm, definitely. Yeah. The
0: controls are very simple, like I mean, you get extra powers as as you level up. And I've seen gameplay from the future, uh, uh, like, later into the game, and you get really huge. Like, so I only got to be, I don't know, medium size, I would say. But you do get massive in this game. So it does look like there's a lot of progression and unlocks and things you can do. And you do control the humans in, like, these flashback sequences. So I assume it's going to tell you what happened and how they discovered this creature. Yeah. Um so if you want story there is a little bit in there. But the level design's quite good. I got I did get lost a few times, but that's just because I'm bad at games, I think. <laughs> so well, uh, yeah, carrion. A lot of fun. A lot of fun.
1: Beautiful. What was that what was that Japanese game where you're the ball that's rolling around picking up rubbish and getting bigger? There's a there's a game that, that sounds very sim- that carrion sounds very similar to where you're ball and you just roll around and it gets bigger and bigger in this city and you like pick up you go from picking up rubbish and stuff to actually picking up buildings and stuff like that i don't even know what to google japanese oh, i can't remember ball some game. someone's probably listened to it. it's <laughs> a yeah it's you you roll a ball around or something and you roll it around and you just get I think the must ball have gets bigger generally. and bigger it's what dogs is it
2: Katamari that That's, that's it, it! Katamari, that's it! <laughs> I actually
1: it. found it. Yeah, you did found it. Me and my Katamari or something. PlayStation yes. 2. Yes. Gosh. And you oh, roll a ball that. around. Yeah. You look, like, pick up cows and all
2: sorts. Look Is at that.
1: that Is carrying the same? Just with a big blood mass? It's.
2: I think it's more like you're a you're an entity and you're eating humans to make yourself bigger and you're spreading yourself biomass. everywhere the biomass <laughs> the biomass
1: <laughs> yeah and obviously it's kind of
0: like 2D two, two kind of uh,
2: stuff 2D like yeah mm.
0: but no a lot of fun very much enjoyed it um you know I haven't really listened to much music this month other than the Eurovision movie album because it kind of replaced the uh, the usual listening to the Eurovision songs for the year mm. over and over And I don't really have anything else um, to talk about, so all I'm going to do is uh, play you an excellent song from the movie, the the, the tentpole song, I would say, uh, from the movie, Double Trouble. I saw you, and then all of my night. I pinch myself Cause I don't know Am I dreaming now? I wanna stop the clocks And hold you close But I don't know how
2: Loving you's my 9 to 5 Nothing makes me feel like you do Up is down, down is up I don't really give a what I just wanna break
0: it Have you been watching? And I, listening to? Well,
2: um, not too much. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I've, I've, I've watched a film and I've been playing a game quite a lot. And I'm gonna. I'm gonna sort of have two in one around the game. Okay. So, but I'll start okay. off with the film. I'll start. Off... <laughs> okay. I'll start off with. <laughs> I'm gonna start off with the film. This is a film that um, we actually uh, were going to do a podcast previously and it got (laughs) cancelled and i went uh and and then i suddenly went downstairs and um everyone was watching this um this film i was like oh oh, i've actually wanted to watch this so we started watching it again it's called prisoners now this is is... uh no this is the this is the one i think it was like seven or eight years ago It came out. It's it's got Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal. I see, I see. Yes. <laughs> um <laughs> not not what you were No, I'm, I'm, I'm so less sorry. excited oh. though, but I'm less excited. I'm so sorry I'm, sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but this is this this is a film that's uh, the basic. I mean, the basic premise is that it's um there's Hugh Jackman and his daughter, um and his friend's daughter. The little girls. They both get abducted. Right. So, it's a, you know, really fun, family friendly film. Um, but it's, it's it's a film about obviously, you know, where did they go? Who did it? All of this sort of stuff. Now, it's established quite early on that there is this suspect um, who um, now I forget what he has. But he's he I think they say that he has the mental um, age of like a 10 year old. So he's he's quite a it's, it's very difficult to. Establish whether or not this guy is being creepy, or whether it's just because he has a mental condition, and, and it's, it sort of plays with that throughout the film. And uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is the um, the detective who is trying to solve this, and um, he, I mean, if if you want to see why Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal are good actors, this is the kind of film to watch because they both are so good in this film, especially Hugh Jackman. Um, and it's definitely one of those films where it pushes it's like pushing the boundaries of like, how far would you go to find out, you know, what would you do to people? What would you you know, how far would you go to save somebody you loved? And it, it can it, it's, it's a very stressful film and it's it's not a film that that you should just pick up and be like, oh, this is you know, this is this is watch this because it's 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 hard going. But it's got a really interesting interwoven story and there's all these sort of little clues and things that are coming into play and it's like how on earth is that even even relevant to this story you know but and it just all suddenly comes together and there's it's just it's just a very stressful film, but very very rewarding you know when you sort of just you fit I just love these films where you have to like you know who done it trying to figure it all out. But the and one of the amazing things about the film is that um, Roger Deakins did the cinematography for it, and Roger Deakins has done so many films. Uh, he's done Blade Runner, 2049, 1917, yeah. Skyfall, um, Shawshank Redemption. You know, he's he's renowned as one of the really great cinematographers, and there are some really amazing shots in this film that are like just so subtle and creepy and and they just sort of raise the hairs on the back of your yeah. of your neck and it's just i highly recommend it as a film where you're not worrying too much about having a good time do you know what i mean <laughs> it's like yeah you can just gonna, get lost I'm, in it it's gonna get lost in it and i know it's gonna be hard going and let's just see what this story is because it's very interesting it goes a very dark and different way to how I thought it was going to go so it's really 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 good film now the last two things are all, like I said they're going to be interwoven into one interwoven. now we have we have we have spoken about this this game already on the uh, I know what it is I know what it is yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I've so I bought this game literally after JMO <sighs> We're
0: talking I'll about. I always love J Mo's exclaim of excitement. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, I'm excited now. I'm so excited. I, I know this, what it is. I bought this uh,
2: in March, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and I just finished it yesterday.
0: <gasps> wow. I okay. finished it.
2: I finished. And when I say finished, I mean finished the main game and both DLCs. I have I have completely just done as much as I possibly can.
1: Yeah. I
2: think my final save time was about 130 hours. Wow. And I mean, Steam says it's like close to 200, but I never know which one to, yeah. to. I think I think it's more. I think the save mm-hmm. time yeah. is probably yeah, more Yeah, because obviously accurate. Steam counts all your times in menus and exactly. to get drinks. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so. In terms of the base game, I mean, I'm going to talk about the base game and then the DLC. So these will be my two my two things to yeah. talk about. Uh, the base game, I mean, uh, going on what you said about it, JMO. I mean, this is why yeah. I yeah. I wanted to get it because of, of, of what you the way you described it. And I was like, oh, you know what? I could probably get lost in a game like this, and I definitely got lost in it. <laughs> I definitely got lost in it, yeah. and I have to say that the big takeaway for me. Was how much I loved Cassandra. I obviously I chose Cassandra over Alexios. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I actually think that she's probably my second favorite Assassin's Creed character behind Ezio. She's that good, and I think the voice actress is amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She does. In in in
2: in, in like I I personally because I've I've gone back and looked at the Alexios scenes in comparison. Yeah and just just I know obviously I'm going to be a little bit biased cuz I spent 130 hours with her but I just feel mm-hmm. like the the act the voice actress is just it's just a step above what that guy does and there's nothing wrong with what he got he does mm-hmm. but and I think they did they did obviously say that cuz there was a, there, there has obviously been stuff in in the gaming news about this recently Yeah there was controversy
1: um, about There the was story. some controversy about the yeah. story and
2: and it was obviously released that um that Cassandra was supposed to be the only playable character yeah, yeah, that her yeah. story is, is the canon version. I think you can tell weren't.
0: as well. Yeah. I think you can tell. You can yeah.
2: tell. You can tell that her her story is canon and it's which is and and, and I'm all <laughs> for you know, having um I think choice is good, but whether you need that in an Assassin's Creed game is another thing and, and I would have just been happy to But it didn't affect me anyway because I just played her anyway but that is a big thing for me that I loved about this game was Cassandra and the voice actress, I think she was amazing and I loved all the supporting cast as well I think there are some really great characters I love Barnabas, I love um, what's his name? Alkibiades is that his name? Yeah, I think he's he's such a funny character and also you've got some really sort of um, well known characters like Socrates um,
1: Oh, it's a
2: Massive, like Greek mythology yes.
1: and, and history lesson.
2: And as a and as someone who loved this stuff growing up, mm-hmm. I loved this at school. Um, I loved Greek Greek myth. Um, this is this is just a a, a Greek myth nerdgasm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This whole game and and I just I just there, there, there are th- it's not a perfect game, and I, and I, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily a an Assassin's Creed game. No, it's um, definitely...
1: You have those bits where you... Uh, you have those ca- that cave where you do go in and you get your, like, spear stuff. Yeah, and
2: obviously the whole stuff with the... I think they're now calling them the Isu, aren't they? The ones you came yeah. before. Yeah, um, yeah. The whole stuff with the Isu is obviously linked and the pieces yeah. of Eden and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. It's all linked, but I think I, it's just... I've never because if you think about it, this game is very repetitive. The 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 um the all the uh, question marks on the map, you know, they're all very similar things that you have to go and do, you have mm. to go and take this base or go here, go there. But I really enjoy what they've done with the abilities in this game and how they have taken the stuff that they yeah. did from Origins and they've taken it a step yep. further. And that is what made the game so engaging for so many hours was the combat and the way that you could just change your build on the fly and yeah um i i just i actually decided that because I, I usually go for like a uh, I think in origins i did like a warrior uh based build but i thought you yeah. know what, i'm going to focus a lot more on the hunter abilities and i'm going to see how how the game the feels.
1: hunter stuff is good yeah. right because you yeah. the, the use of arrows yeah there's so many different ways to use those arrows yeah yeah and it really helps
2: and it's and it's it's cool that they took the the bow styles that you had from origins and made them abilities because a lot of people said that if you didn't use a predator bow in origins the one that let you use the like take control of the arrows then (laughs) then you shouldn't have used any other bow but i like that they they restricted it a little bit because it was very overpowered they've also restricted it to be an ability that you can use every now and then um yeah, it's it's definitely up there was one of my favorite Assassin's Creed games and there's no way I would have spent that many hours if I didn't enjoy it as much as I as much as I did and and I have to say it again because half the reason why I enjoyed it so much was because of because of the voice actress and the voice acting in yeah. general throughout. I think it was fantastic and I really enjoyed every one of the characters.
1: Well, the thing is, as well, just on the voice acting, because obviously, when I was talking about it, I did, I didn't do Cassandra's story because mm-hmm. every single person playing it has done. Mm-hmm. It. So I, before I picked it up, I was looking at playthroughs and I was thinking, yeah, well, yeah. I've seen Cassandra's story a bit here, mm-hmm. so I'll go and do Alexios. Um, the thing is, Cassandra comes into Alexios' stories, obviously, because the stories intertwine. But then I've got Cassandra as a really evil character in mine. She's like the stories have intertwined, and she's she's almost a baddie in my one. Yeah. And, and obviously,
2: obviously that is a little bit spoilery, yeah. but I think it's it's fine to talk about because it happens quite early on in the game. Yeah, yeah. But and then that's another thing for me. I actually felt like Alexios, the voice actor, is better at the villain stuff. Yes, I think he's really good as the villain. I so. really like what he does with the villain stuff. I think his 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 vocal range, I guess, really fits with this um uh this evil guy who's thinking that he's a demigod. You know, it really fits for sure. Mm. But I think it's go on, Joe.
1: I think the thing is the contrast as well. Do you see where there's bits and characters though in the game? Where you can either choose to bring them with you, or yeah. you can kill them off. There are oh, yeah. characters that you can kill off early in the game, and you won't see them for the so your story will play out so differently. Yeah. Um, Very big
2: decisions, especially especially how it affects the ending. And yeah. now there are multiple endings in terms of there are three different endings in terms of there's like a family ending, there's yeah. a cult ending, and there's a. Um, another ending which i won't say but there's there's three endings for the for the game and then i think it's the family ending which is the one that has like the i think there's like four different endings for it of how it can go wow. yeah um and i and i looked and i i didn't know at the time but i did i think i got the the best ending that i could from the decisions mm-hmm. that i made which i was happy with um but yeah i think overall the base game whilst I mean, I mean I could sit here and talk for ages about things like the ship battles and the and the the actual world itself how beautiful the game is and um yeah. And the boss the boss fights, all the different boss fights that you get. They throughout are the
1: game. Amazing. Oh my god. Yeah, some of those the boss animals like the mythical animals and creatures. Oh my god. If you'd have yeah. told
2: me when I was in high school that I'd be able to play a video game where I was going into the bloody labyrinth on Crete and fighting the yeah. Minotaur, I would literally jizz. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Like I would yeah. jizz everywhere, but it's... Well,
0: Medusa <laughs> everywhere.
2: And Medusa the Medusa fight. Yeah. Oh jesus they're just they're fun fights and they're 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 good boss fights they're really um you have to think really tactically and you have to use your the right abilities and some some abilities just won't work and and some um styles of play just will not work but overall i know because we've we have talked about this already so i will wrap up the main game i can't
1: wait to hear what you say about the dlc because i have not touched that so
2: so whilst it's a very very long game. This is not the game for everyone, and I don't think your average gamer is going to finish it because it is so long. However, I think it still is one of the best titles in this in this whole franchise, and it's 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 it, it, it's become one of my favourites. I I don't because I only finished it yesterday, and I have spent a long time with it. I don't know where it fits in my all-time favorite Assassin's Creed games, but it's definitely top five, maybe top three. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great game, really, really great. And I'm going to say it again, I love Cassandra. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> DLC, DLC. So, yeah. so, Jamie, what do you know about the DLC? Do you know anything about it's, it? Is
1: this the one where it's set in Atlantis?
2: Okay, so you know a little bit. So, <laughs> so, there's, so, there's, so you know, so you know about Atlantis, and, yeah. and I, thi- I think, I think. I'm gonna I'm gonna say mild spoilers for this, very very mild, nothing that would ruin your experience of the game. But if you don't want to know about the DLC, uh, in terms of the settings, then obviously skip ahead or whatever. So there's two different DLCs. Uh, the first one, I, and and I played both of these after I finished the main game, because I I sort of looked up mm-hmm. online. I was looking at forums and you know, like. Searching, you know, what's the best order to? When is the best time to play them? What's the best order? And the consensus was, finish the game, play Legacy of the First Blade first, and then Fate of Atlantis. So Legacy of the First Blade um, is definitely more of a story-driven DLC rather than anything new gameplay-wise. It's basically a story about the first, like the the first assassin. Um, but he's not really he's hes not an assassin um, but he's like one of the first people to go after the um, oh, what were they called in Origins uh, not the uh, what, oh, bloody hell what were they called because they're the Cult of Cosmos in this one yeah, what
1: were they
2: called in Origins
1: I can't remember bloody hell I what, I so long anyway. <laughs> since so I've played Origins yeah yeah. So, so, yeah so
2: it's those so it's that faction it's the enemy faction in Origins that come into play so Gameplay wise it is very, very it is almost a carbon copy of the base game. It's, as opposed to cult, oh, you know, I need to look this up Cold what, of what are they bloody called.
0: Cult of Wodget? Cult of the Ancients.
2: No, no, no order order of the ancients, right? Order <laughs> of the ancients. So so it's the so it's the <laughs> thank you. Will. Um so it's instead of going after cult members of the cult of cosmos in the main game you're going after order of the ancients people. They come they come to the Greek world. And they're trying to do all this story stuff that I won't go into. Um, And it's very similar. You know, you have to go over here, do this quest, do this, do that. Same gameplay. It is almost identical gameplay loop to the main game, which if you're enjoying the if you enjoyed the main game um, gameplay loop anyway, you know, if you enjoyed that, this is probably okay for it to still be like that. But it's nothing. There's nothing new brought that's revolutionary with this DLC. It is, it is all about the story. And, um, there was a little bit of controversy about this DLC. Um, because obviously there are romance options in, (laughs) in, um, Odyssey. Whilst they're not like as in depth as say the mass effect or dragon age franchise romances, there are, there are still some good romances in there. Um, I think a a really notable one was, a. uh, a woman named Kira. I think that is probably one of the most fleshed out romance options in the main mm-hmm. game. Like, I remember yeah. that was probably the one that I enjoyed the most. I felt like she was a really, really cool character, and I really enjoyed um, her and Cassandra's um, chemistry. I think it really, really worked. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just in this... And obviously Ubisoft came out And said that they really wanted to give everyone all these options and they wanted you to be whoever you wanted Cassandra or Lexus to be. So if you wanted them to be gay, if you wanted them to be pansexual, bisexual, whatever, whatever you want. And the DLC forces you into a heterosexual relationship, which, you know, for me, as as someone who played Cassandra as a gay character, because it felt right for Cassandra's character. Yeah. And the characters that I had her make romances with were really engaging were the female characters because they were they seemed a lot more fleshed out than the male ones. And then and then it was just a bit weird that this Cassandra that I had got to know over a hundred and hundred odd hours was suddenly forced into this heterosexual relationship, which was just weird. Yeah. And there was obviously controversy about it and Ubisoft came out and apologised about it afterwards. I'm not going to say that it ruined my enjoyment of the game. It just it just became a bit of a took me out of the game. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I mean, I, for story reasons, there's a reason why it happens and it makes sense why it happens. But, um, yeah, that that aside, the story and the characters are really really great in this, and especially the main two characters. Um. Fuck shit, I they're so good he's forgotten who they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, one of them is Nakata, Na- Nakatas, I think his name is, and oh, fuck, I can't remember their names. But they're still really great characters, even if I can't remember their names. But um, Nakeda, yes, fuck, I can't
1: remember a name. they yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: great so, characters. Yeah, but but yeah, the first the first D- D- DLC, Legacy of the First Blade very repetitive in terms of gameplay it's all the same stuff that you've been doing already but it's just a really cool story and um a nice little uh backstory for um oh, what uh, the the God, i can't remember people's names in this bloody the female character in origins there's a bit of a backstory where where she fits in um but anyway that's that's the first one. It's it's definitely a, a good a good story and it's a it's a, it's a good DLC. And Fate of Atlantis is is kind of it's kind of opposite um, to Legacy of the First Blade, where Legacy of the First Blade was very repetitive in terms of gameplay. Fate of Atlantis is just fucking out there. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, now this this DLC started off really dull. It got me going around the world looking for caves, just doing fetch quests. And it was so dull. And it started off in the modern day because, and I'll tell you what, they need to just ditch this modern day nonsense <laughs> because I I just switch off every single time. And if I have to hear that, I don't even know what her name is, that blonde woman in the modern day moaning at the main character again and again and again and again and again. And again. If I have to hear her go,
1: oh, you don't know what it's going to do to you or your health. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Oh, anyway, uh, is that Will? Is that, is that ben? You both—you said it like Will, then Ben. <laughs> Channeling
2: my inner my inner Will. Um, anyway, apart from that, after you get past this point, you go to basically a, an Isu slash if you don't know who the Isu are slash those who came before. You know these God yeah. people. You go to this facility, which is basically Atlantis. And you go into a simulation, and there are three... Also, I didn't actually mention, all three... Sorry, all of these DLCs are episodic, so they were sort of released gradually. So there's three episodes in each one. And the three episodes of Fate of Atlantis all take place in a different location. And the first place takes place in Elysium. Yeah. The second takes place in the Underworld... And the third takes place in Atlantis. Oh now, this that. is and now now this is really cool. Like like first like yeah. obviously Elysium is um Persefo- uh, I want to say Persephone because that's what they were saying in the game, but mm. Persephone we <laughs> as. Persephone um is her domain. Um and Hermes is there, um and he- he- Hecate as well. Hecate. I can't remember how we used to pronounce it <laughs> at school. Hecate? Hikari. He- 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 uh, anyway, um, so so all of those gods are there, and uh, obviously it's a simulation, mm-hmm. so um, it, they can sort of take um, what's the word? Uh, they can take, li- I guess, they can take liberties with their creative liberties. That's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. They can take creative liberties um, with everything that's going on and your abilities um and then obviously in the underworld you get to meet hades and um it's and you get to fight cerberus the dog three-headed dog there is so much cool stuff in this <laughs> for someone who loves all of this mythology yeah. you get to meet these characters and i think it's it's not flawless by any means um i actually felt like in terms of the three locations i think the underworld was probably the best yeah um Elysium I got a little bit it got a little bit repetitive it's it's absolutely beautiful like the actual scenery um is amazing like all around the border of Elysium there are these waterfalls with like huge statues of Persephone and it's just unbelievable level design it's absolutely gorgeous um uh, the underworld is how you would expect it's a bit more dark and dingy and um you know, it's not like a, it's like a barren wasteland. Mm. And the reason why I think that is probably the best is because there's a lot of returning characters who have who have passed away in oh. the main game. They, they obviously, it... Yeah, they
1: bring them back in. Into... They bring them
2: back into it. Obviously, again, it's a it's a simulation. So it's yeah. not it's not actually them, but it's just cool that all these characters are coming back. And there are some really great moments in, in the underworld section really really cool with some of the with some of the returning characters um and hades is such a cool cool interpretation of him when when he first turns up he looks he sort of seems a bit like like he's a vampire almost and i was like what this is how you're portraying hades like this is a little bit weird but actually it really worked and he's really sinister and really creepy um, and then Atlantis, um, you've got Poseidon. He's so Poseidon is the main EC that you that you converse with. And uh, Atlantis, whilst it was probably the most impressive visually, mm. um, I felt like the actual gameplay was too vertical. There's sometimes you. Oh, there's much, a
1: lot of climb, Yeah. 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 There's, there's almost too much climbing. Too much they do. Climbing.
2: They do. They do give you these teleporting pads. In, this, in these three areas that you can go yes. high up to places, but sometimes they are a bit hard to get to, and sometimes you just want to climb instead of going all yeah. the way over the other side of, the, of this mountain to get to the teleport. I thought, like, oh, by the time I get over there, I could have climbed up, you know? But Atlantis was a little bit too vertical um, for my liking, but the really cool thing about this D- DLC overall is that they brought in a system where you can enhance your abilities. So basically you can go to these places uh, interact with a certain artifact and it enhances one of your abilities so for example there is a hunter ability that you have in the base game which is called a devastating shot which is just a really yeah. powerful shot yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. almost an explosive shot that you shoot at an enemy yeah. and the enhancement for that you can choose to change it up and make it into like a trap shot so you can like shoot it at the floor and it creates a trap. And then once enemies walk over it, it explodes Yeah, something like that. Or for example, there's also the healing skill, you know, this is normal heals you. Once you press the skill, this actually changed the enhancement, actually changes it to a protective shield, which auto parries attacks whenever you're hit and you regain health on your attacks. So each attack that you do does a little bit of health regenerated which is which is Mm -hmm. so so they take so there's there's nine enhancements overall for and i think you get three for each tree so three skills in the hunter warrior and assassin trees three of those from each of those trees get enhanced and they really and and some of these enhancements really make you feel like a a a demigod i mean they, they they did not hold back with with how crazy some of these abilities uh, go so. Mm-hmm. Overall, I really did enjoy both of these DLCs, and I'm gonna, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna be a bit sad. Well, I am. I'm actually quite sad that I finished it. I finished it all. And I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna miss, um, more, more stories and interactions with Cassandra yeah. and all the and all the, the other characters. Not the modern day characters. They can fuck <laughs> off. But.
1: <coughs> <laughs> so that's i've got so going back to main game odyssey just quickly (coughs) so there's some really good side missions in odyssey as well there's some really good side missions and there's one which i found on an island and it's before you get to athens i can't remember and it's the there's an old boy and you have to do missions to him to help his wife and she's the same age And he's getting tired out because all she wants to do is have sex. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: "Yeah."
1: It's an amazing mission. It's just such a funny mission. But before that, yeah, yeah, before that, Assassin's Creed would never think of putting like comedy missions like that in a game because it's all very serious. And I just found it very refreshing that the side missions are not just, you know, there's. Serious story ones, but there's some very funny side missions, and it's it. I thought it was amazing that that whole story. I was laughing all the way through. I'm just doing fetch quests to help this old boy out because his wife's a nymphomaniac, and then obviously (laughs) at the end, there's a question at the end whether you know you go and. He can't have sex anymore because he's completely worn out. So you have to choose whether you go and have sex no. <laughs> with her or go tell him to go and have sex with his wife. It's mm-hmm. just but that question is that it's very funny mission. It really is. And if you can find it, if anyone's playing it, go and find that mission because it has a it shows that. There's a sense of humour to the game, which hasn't been in many Assassin's Creed yeah. games.
2: There's a lot of quests fair- like that with some with yeah. some great humour, and, yeah. and and there's a lot of side quests that that really make you make these really tough decisions with the multiple choice system, and sometimes I mean I mean I remember one where I was going after one of the cult of Cosmos uh, members, and it turned out that someone that I was helping who I couldn't see their face and another person I was helping they were twins Yeah. and I couldn't figure out which one was the one that was actually part of the Cult of Cosmos oh, and which one was actually the good oh. It's just like, oh, which yeah, one oh yeah of course because you have to go and assassinate yeah which sorry. one do you kill it's like oh shit I have no idea which one it
1: is and like, I'm killing the wrong one oh no <laughs> the, the Cult of Cosmos stuff is really cool yeah. Really cool what I, will and say, the one, what I will say
2: about The mercenaries Whilst I think it was cool at the start I got so sick Of yeah, chased I, by mercenaries I've yeah. 4 or 5
0: hours of the game And I'm already sick of
2: that So uh, yeah, Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Sometimes they would just turn up At the most inopportune moment And I'm like oh fuck off <laughs> Like literally all I did was steal a fucking yes two <laughs> yeah. coins from that chest yeah.
1: and now i've got these people running after me a bounty on your yeah. trail and then basically you end up hiding on a roof for ages because yeah. you're just watching this higher level mercenary because you know as soon as you go down de- a lot of the mercenaries are deliberately a higher level to your character mm. yeah you know and it's just like oh go away right
2: about going down the hunter tree, though, is that you get that final ability where you can shoot through walls. It's bloody brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. don't have to engage them at all.
0: So, so, yeah, no, I assume your music is uh, related to this in that case.
2: No. Oh, just a two-in-one. No. I tell you what, my music is... We need to save this podcast from... The, the the this terrible music apart from you, Jamie. Uh, my music is weird. excellent, and you agree with me once
0: you and listen back to it. Goodness. I need to I need to save
2: it. We need, we need something when he's when he's playing classic, when he when I'm feeling something classic. So let's let's get a bit of Brucey. Let's get a bit of Bruce Springsteen, Born to Run, to finish us out. you well,
0: Thanks for listening, and we will see you June. next time. Bye bye for now.
1: Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs>